Farmstead. We're glad you're here. Pull up a chair and rest your heels, and let's talk about large family living on the homestead. Let's get after it. Let's do it. Today, we're going to talk about kids, keto, and KonMari. Say what? <laughs> Con what? I know it's. So Are silly, you throwing right? in something? Are you? Are you throwing in a new thing? Are you th- it's, I did, yeah. We didn't talk about no KonMari. I know. I, I didn't talk about it with you because I knew you don't fold your own clothes anyway, so you wouldn't care. But then that's I made true. you attack the basement, and I think you feel better about it. Well, that's true. I made you wake up your books. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we, let's get so to the back first. back to the kids. <laughs> Ooh, is it getting dusty in here? <laughs> Back to the kids. Let's put the sign at the bottom of the driveway that says "Kids for Sale." Kids and for we'll sale. See, how see. Oh quick gosh, that would be CPS is called right. on us. Uh, if you're not already, you can follow us on Facebook uh, at Na- at Nature's Image Farm. That's our farm name, and then uh, or at the Contrary Farmstead, which is the podcast and the homestead aspect uh, of the farm. And you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow both of us uh, on both places at Greg Burns or Susan Burns. If you are currently following us, then you would have seen baby goats do 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 baby goats do do do. I still can't believe you sang that song. Come on, it's a classic. I know. At least it's not the Wiggles. So can can I get an amen? Yes, amen for Uh, that and Elmo. Yeah. But uh, so, Greg, were you expecting these new arrivals? What to expect when you're not expecting? The, the kids were out doing chores, and they came running in and saying, "There's babies, there's in the baby panic. goats." And so we went out there, and sure enough, there were two cute little baby goats that Marsha, the goat, had delivered. Yeah, but unfortunately, I was out there before you were because you were slow going that morning, and one of those sweet baby goats was stuck in a pallet. So I'm not sure exactly what happened there. Uh, in that paddock, we have uh, Sunshine, the goat. She's a doe. She's also very, very pregnant. There's Marsha, which had just uh, given birth to the two baby goats. And then we have Bullseye the buck. Yes. And I'm sure it doesn't take a whole lot of mental wheel grinding to figure out where the name Bullseye comes from on a boy buck. Maybe we'll talk about that in a later episode. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. So they're all, all in together, and uh, he's he was a, was a busy boy, and he yeah we thought he was just kind of practicing marked the spot there. Yeah, he, I guess he did. He was very he, he got it done. He got it done. So and so uh, them being in there in there together, we don't know exactly what happened with the second with the white goat. Uh, but she was, we, you found her stuck in the pallet there, and she was looking cold, and she wasn't moving a whole lot, um, and so. She couldn't get out on her own. I actually had to pull her um, out of the pallet. She came out easily. It wasn't like I was dislodging something. She literally just, I think, probably either was nudged or pushed or maybe she just stumbled to the side. As I, I assume she was born first. And then when Marsha went to deliver the second, she kind of got nudged aside and she just slipped 
those two yeah. side because bullseye was hooves. he was like not very forcefully and hard rough it wasn't like roughing him up headbutting but he was headbutting and, and moving them you know and so maybe she got he pushed likes out to of the be way in the mix yeah, yeah. and he i like to be in the forefront doesn't he yeah, yeah unfortunately and i don't like because we weren't out there that morning before she delivered we really don't know how it happened but unfortunately it happened and i think she decided before we could tell her the baby's fine and you should take care of it she decided it was a goner it's and like she gave up on it she gave up and we quickly realized by force feedings um we trying were to having get it, to, trying to get push, it latch on yeah yeah we were trying to get the baby to latch on and also have her stand for it she was really not wanting to stand to for nurse. this baby she didn't want to stand and let the baby nurse yeah um because she wasn't attached to it anymore she had she had decided in her mind it was done and she was, was moving gone. away when, when was. i went out so we went we went out and uh we took we, we had a you know a little facebook live video and we, you know we were trying to get sugar to go underneath well i guess we have names Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we we missed that part. Yeah, we, we do. We them. do have names. The kids named the white one sugar, and the brown one maple. Maple sugar. Sugar maple. <laughs> <laughs> so sugar, the white goat, the one that was caught up that Marsha the goat rejected. I, I, I put her in my coat and warmed her. I first I got her dried off real well. Yeah. And then I, I had her in my coat jacket or my jacket and was kind of warming her up and kind of just to, to spring a little more life into her. And we kept trying to get her underneath of Marsha to get her to latch on to nurse. And Marsha, we kind of we're almost getting angry with Marsha because she was just being bitty. Well, I think as a mother, I think any mom can can you know understand this feeling of just sheer and utter neglect of this poor baby that has no ability to take care of itself and it, it made me angry at her and, and and a friend that actually helped with um giving us a recipe for goat formula marty thank you marty she was a lifesaver that she invested her time into you know trying to help us figure out what was going on and she finally just said hey you know what you got to understand that this she she really just probably thought it was done it was a goner and she detached herself from it and she was she's keeping the other baby alive she's nourishing it she's feeding it she's taking care of it but that one she thought was gone and she separated herself from it it's amazing the, the you know we we, we have nature a, a, does that mentally we're like okay you have a mother you, you have a you have a kid you can't you, you don't give up you no. try 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 and then when you see a goat that looks like it just flat out gave up and no matter what you do it's constantly rejecting it you're like oh my gosh you yeah. know what do we what do we do and so this was to make this all more challenging this is right before a the polar great vortex. polar <laughs> vortex of 2019 you know where we had some like negative 20 degrees and yeah. uh, all the weather the weather was supposed to change uh harshly the next day and so we got we had some great recommendations from uh, Kristen with the 4h yeah yep kirsten um and kirsten was part of um she was the kids 4-h leader last year gave us some great recommendations on you know get that thing tarped up that that pallet hut that we had shore up the windbreak we weren't expecting to have we we well we weren't expecting to have babies first off second of all this has always been great it's stuff you can stuff it with hay you can create your own windbreak but those babies needed way more than that Especially with the impending rain, then turning into oh, snow, the, then turning into five and a half inches, oh, and ice everywhere, and 
yay, lovely hay, frozen to hay. And, you know, it was just a challenge. I think everything was a challenge. We were going out four to five times a day and giving her fresh water. She needed fresh, clean water Marcia, as often she's, as you possible. Know, yeah, she's a, a nursing, nursing mom. A nursing mom needs lots of, lots of water. And we were and supple- supplementing I'm, their hay with a little bit of feed to help. Yep, yep, giving her know. a little bit of feed here and there to, you know, just keep her up and going. And uh, we wanted her to stay healthy no matter if she was going to take care of one or two. And that was important. I mean, I couldn't be mad at her too long because she was still no. taking care of the other baby. We just had to decide, you know, Greg had to leave for um, a trip. And that's just how it always happens. <laughs> it, it, things always <laughs> tend to go sour as soon as I leave the driveway. You have to leave the driveway and then all of a sudden it's like something breaks or something falls apart. The, during the polar vortex, the door handle was freezing and we couldn't get out the door. I was having to pound it <laughs> or hair dry it. <laughs> Yeah. So it was fun. But um, we got the baby situated. Jacob, our um, 12-year-old, actually built her a pin in our uh, edition. It's not finished yet. And um, he built her a little pin. Did you guys notice the little edge in her voice she had there? The edition, <laughs> it's not finished yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Yes. It's it's progress, not perfection. And so... It um he built it and um he he really he came to me and said mom I'll take care of this baby goat if you'll let me have it because we, we were just talking it. about you know I was I was on the road uh, and we were we were talking and it was like okay well it, she's rejected the kid yeah and when you get onto a homestead and you set animals into a system um, or trees or your blueberry bush or your echinacea or just your herbs anything that you have a hand in you know sometimes you have a you feel like a certain responsibility to it on the other hand you have a you you feel like nature also has a say and so there's a fine fine line in letting nature run its course versus you having a hand and sometimes too heavy of a hand uh in a situation to help something along and so we talked about say hey you know if you know, you guys were were um, at first getting the getting sugar, the kid to latch on several times a day to try to get the, uh, nursed. Then you guys were milking Marsha. Yeah. We, we made sure sugar had colostrum. Yeah, and then um, we got her the first entire then, day's colostrum in, but it was literally taking two people to, to, to one to hold Marsha the goat and one to help. Well, and for whatever reason, sugar she you know it wasn't like she was blind, but she was having a hard time learning where the teat was Just, and and how and how to suck. It's like yeah. she couldn't latch on correctly. Now she's a pro. Now she's a pro because <laughs> we decided that okay, if she survives the first night, then. And it, then yeah. <laughs> she has at least a 50% chance in surviving the next day. And that goat just wanted to live. And so Jacob stepped up to the plate and created a little bit of a, a safe place where she was, um, where, he, where he, could, he could tend to her. And you guys and all the kids have been, been bottle feeding her. And she's, we love her to death. Yeah. Um, funny side note. We, it was a beautiful day after that polar vortex. Um, and we took her to a place that we like to go hiking and Black walking. And yeah, it's close to us. It's beautiful there. And um, the goat came along. It was kind of hilarious. walking like a dog. Yeah. Right down, <laughs> right down the trail. It was, so she, she ended up doing great. Uh, so, we, you know, we had a couple things that we... So we decided to to 
He did decide have to intervene a hand, there. Yeah. Have a hand to to intervene um, to see, and we were you know very clear with the kids that hey, just because we're going to have a hand in this, you know, she still could not make it. There there, there could be uh, inherent. Uh, genetic or natural reasons why Marsha decided to just turn away from her. Exactly, we didn't know. And so at the we didn't point. know if if mom knew best, and there was something wrong that we didn't see. But we, we you know we, we gave it a shot. We're not experts. And now it's you know she's she's like a lap dog. Took her over to the farm to get water for the cows and check up on the grafted trees. And then we took her to Blackhand Gorge, and now she's you know it's. I feel like we made the right choice. Yeah, and and they they did. I made it very clear to all of them when I I brought them in the kitchen and said, "Look, guys, you cannot name this goat until she lives at least a week, because um, we have we've had uh, we had goats last year. Twin both 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 moms twinned last year, and we we intentionally bred them, and uh, one of the two that." Our other, she's now in the freezer, Gabby. Um, <gasps> I know. Ew. Ah, you um, eat goat meat? Ah. So don't tell the kids that. Gosh, that's, that's hillbilly. But um, we 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 did have one of her um, kids that um, passed away. And so the kids, uh, they've seen a lot of reality. They've seen a lot of life and death. Yeah, and, and it's hard, but it's also one of those things where I needed to them to understand because this was not a goat. We were just like going and visiting in the paddock. We were keeping it in window shot of them and of their daily lives, and they're seeing it four plus times a day. There was to no feed missing it. a feeding. There was no, no checking up on it. Was no. a, a huge commitment. It was a huge commitment, and they needed to understand that even after this commitment, this goat could still not live. And I wanted them to know that because you get emotionally tied. You know, I lost my family milk cow. It was hard. There is not a dry eye in the house when you tell a story about losing your milk cow. Mm-hmm. So. Y- I wanted them to understand that even if they invested, it didn't guarantee that her life was here. Just because you commit to helping something, that's right. not a silver bullet. No, no. And, and they've learned that lesson. It just is just, just alongside us. Our kids at their young ages, and they range from three to 17. Yeah. Have learned. Good job. I'm. Can you believe you. that? I know. I, I'm glad this is, uh, this is. Is this is this recording? <laughs> Hold on. Does he the, get his birthday? No. Let's not. Okay. Let's not talk about middle names or, or birthdays. birthdays. Okay. There's a, there's seven kids. Uh, I'm only one one feeble mind here. Can't keep all that in there at the same time. That's true. They have learned life lessons like the cycle of life and nature has an order. We don't understand it. Most of the time, it wins. It wins every single time. Yep. And but they they're seeing the beauty in the circle of life that we're just now learning at our age at thirty six. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and that's when these things pop up. It's such an amazing opportunity and a blessing to be able to be learning and experience these things right alongside the kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, oddly enough, that that kind of leads us into our second subject about keto because i did mention that we have some goat in the freezer um and we actually just had a keto meatloaf tonight and with that was goat and sausage super good yes um so it has helped a lot to kind of 
vary our meat sources and have a variety to help keep things lively, to help keep variety and to help keep us going, um, especially when we chose to try to try out this keto. Why in the world? How did we even get on this keto thing to start with? Well, that's kind of a long story because you, your lovely genetics have given you the hand of hypoglycemia. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so we were able to teach the kids about breeding because our goats have their father is also their grandfather's sister's oh, second cousin. we don't cousin. need this crazy cousin Inline second Eddie. breeding yeah, no. thing. That's weird. Okay. So my family's not that bad. No. But I did inherit some some metabolic issues that we're trying to get a wrap on. Oh, right. And I think in that, I hadn't done a lot of research because I felt overwhelmed at the time. Um, Would you just Google uh, how to fix hypoglycemia? Well, no. I actually am a subscriber to the thought and the research behind the Weston A. Price's Foundation on dietary needs and uh, traditional cultures and diets. And uh, Weston A. Price did a huge amount of study and research on traditional cultures and how they resisted so many of the things American diets, diabetes, diabetes, cancers, cancers you know, sh- you know, con- all, all these issues we we tend to have in our country are non-existent in traditional cultures. And it's an amazing, fascinating um, studies he's done. And um, there's been books written, What you know, Nourishing Traditions is one of them. Um, it's how I learned to make bone broth and other things that are very traditional foods. Um, eating organ meats and... Wait, you're saying bone broth is like an old school thing? It's not some like new hipster thing? I know, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bone broth has been... You know, when, when so you, when you were you were trying to figure out researching, learning more about hypoglycemia, yeah. I was trying to figure out how to help heal you, yeah, rather than just prescribe things. You know, uh, go to the doctor, go to the pharmacy, and get more prescriptions. Because in, I, I really I don't feel like being a widow in like my thirties or forties, and I don't. It's not that you know I don't love raising my kids. I just don't love raising them alone, and so I wanted to find answers to our problems through our diet and i know that we raise a lot of awesome things and we do it in a way in which it is the healthiest that we know how to produce so why not capitalize on that and and so i went to researching at the weston a price foundation's website and found where the ketogenic diet was actually suggested for hypoglycemia and other sugar issues to help if if not completely reverse sugar issues to help get you off of medications for them so it might not completely turn it around in like you know a week or two but to eat ketogenically would get you feeling better then enable you to Restore, take take back your health by restoring those systems, getting your liver and your kidneys and other things back in order. And the way that we did that to to, to make me feel better about it is because we have that advantage of growing so much healthy, homegrown, fatty meat. We have there's pork, 
chicken, rabbit, turkey, beef, goat, goat, deer. Yeah. There's some are leaner than others, but we also have we had lard. Some still. Lots of lots of high quality lard and yeah. a lot of nutrient dense meat. And honestly, I think that's what's really helped us to be so successful is because we have all of the variety of meats to choose from. And yeah. we can we can we can uh, vary our diet, yeah. whatever we kind of have a taste for. We can blend things together, yeah. and then sometimes you have a pork, goat, deer, meatloaf, and I did not put deer in it. Now come on, I did pork and goat. But you should put right. deer in it. Well, that's because usually I would I would mix certain things, but I have really been digging lately. I've really been digging the goat and pork mixed together. Marcia, that number 29? I mean, no, Gabby the goat. And the goats are what? They're like Nubian alpine mutts of some... Something. I don't know. A friend, Bethany, which is um, a sweet friend that actually lent us some really super cute goat... Uh, what would you call those? Vests? Sweater vests? Sweater vests? Yeah. Not really sweaters. Fleece vests. Anyway, um, when the babies were born, um, to help warm them through that polar Keep vortex. Them yeah. yeah. She's actually the one that convinced me to buy these goats. She got me into this whole trouble. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah, thanks, Bethany. A lot. Yeah. But anyway. Like, I want to thank Bethany so much. For losing all your raspberries, blueberries. I, just, and- <laughs> I think the best way to thank her is we just, in, in, the, middle, in, in the middle of the night, you just we just drop off all the goats. <laughs> And then we just she would not don't look weird. How, she has like she, she wouldn't even notice. Than, yeah. She's got what like llamas yeah, and giraffes she's got, and camels. She's just as much of a weirdo as we are. Yeah, she wouldn't even know. No, but anyway, we got our original two goats from her, and she bred her really nice goats, and I bred my mutt goats that I bought from her, and um, I ended up with more uh, unique goats, and she ended up selling hers, which. But, I will say Thanks, the, goats, the goats have been amazing clearing up some of the forest paddocks that oh, are preparing absolutely. and paving the way for more of a oak savanna, uh, more grass and a little more diversity um, than just multiflora rose and brambles everywhere. They, they mowed all that down. Oh man, it was awesome. And then paired with the cows, even going uh, in through the orchard, which I know everyone's freaking out, you know, goats in an orchard. Goats can be a handful for sure, but they did an amazing job of kickstarting the system. Now we just have a lot of goats. So we either need to get rid of some goats or get in the freezer. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the kids don't want to talk about that, but they... At least not the baby ones. They don't mind oh, the other the, ones. I, I can't. I can never eat. I can never eat sugar now. I don't. She gets a. She gets a free pass. pass. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Until that's she goes through and like eats all of our grafted apples. Well, um, the goat that is probably our least favorite and possibly pregnant ate all of my elderberry last year, so she and definitely the, doesn't get and a free the hazelnut. pass. She ate a lot. And the nanking cherries and wiped out a bunch of comfrey which that she's comes a back. bad okay. goat oh, i mean that was good a bad one. good joke. that was okay. good <laughs> she's just clever and you know i when i first heard when i was first heard about goats it was mark shepherd and he made a comment that if you can throw a bucket of water through a fence it it wouldn't hold a goat he's so smart he's so smart i wish uh, we would have listened and that goat darn why she gets out of eight, eight strands of high tensile and we have a chain that will hang. It dangles. We we took that from an old timer. Good that, old tip. That was, it's and I think one of the biggest issues right now is that the the fence charger. I, I need to get to get the meter on the on the on the wire because I don't. 
it's got to be grounded out somewhere. Yeah, I don't think it's when it was real hot. What happened is if she if she did want to poke her head through, that metal chain on her neck would hit the wire, and that would light her up, and that would keep her in. Yeah. So it's got to be drawn. Otherwise, she took it as a suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The eight high tensile wire. It was just a suggestion to like, oh, here's your boundary, but not really. But we raise, (laughs) you know, we raise things like pork and beef and lamb intentionally to go into the freezer. And sometimes you just have one in the bunch that does not work within your management and they get a trip to freezer camp, all expenses paid before everybody else does. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay because now we have freezers full of fatty meat that has been and it's great game variety. changer for even the rabbits that we decided to, to step away from rabbits and be done with that. That was experiment. a hard, I had to definitely do some convincing there with you because you kept thinking hillbillies and rabbits and food <sighs> security. I mean, it's, it goes hand in hand, but it was just one it's, more. We were we have this year. We're cutting back on some things so we can focus that time and energy and money and into other things. But one of the great benefits is some of the, those breeders had an enormous amount of fat, like oh, an yeah. incredible amount of fat, and the the bone broth that you made from the rabbits was Yummy. divine. I mean, it was amazing. There was like an entire cavity full of fat because somebody did. I we posted we posted a, a picture of that and somebody said, "Hey, rabbits doesn't have that much fat." You probably watched that on keto and you go, huh, "You should have seen that rabbit." Oh yeah, it, <laughs> it was, didn't get the memo <clears throat> then. <laughs> and so that's you know we're we're not uh, dietitians, we're not doctors. No. We don't even we don't. I did watch a lot of Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman as a kid, so I mean I'm I'm halfway qualified to make this statement. Right, absolutely, Greg. I, I don't want to toot my own horn. Right. Mm-hmm. But the best that I understand it is your body, in a short, ends up using your own fat stores as energy when and you're so, not feeding it carbs and sugar. Yes. And so what we've done is we've we've knocked down our carbs to 20 grams or less a day. That's the goal. And virtually no, and virtually zero sugar. Yeah. Maybe two grams if there's if there's like hidden sugar in something, um, but in in doing that, our our body goes through ketosis, where I don't know if you want to talk about all the fancy things that the body does to do that, but in short, it's your body's using a a, a it's you're, you're switching the energy. It's reverting. Source. A friend, Marty, also because her husband and mother have done the ketogenic diet for a while now and she um she read a book about it and um the the best analogy she gave was it's kind of like being able to go to your fridge and get your food or going down to the basement to the freezer and which one would you rather go to in the middle of the night the fridge well yeah of course and the body does want to do that too and your body's fridge is its sugars and carbs those are the things that it's going to eat first because it's the easiest to access Mm, and unlock that's good and when you don't give it that when you starve it of that then it has to go to the freezer it gets hungry it gets hungry has to walk all the way downstairs in the basement yep uses its lazy legs and goes down and it starts unlocking those fats and that's when it starts burning those fats and it does take a it does take a, a few days and or a week. Um, lucky me, I think I got the keto flu. Right, which is like uh, I'm a little bit smaller than you. F- fat jokes. So, uh, no, how no. many years have we been married? It's a keto I, joke. I'm it's a b- keto joke. Boned. Yeah, right. Big, okay, big, well, whatever you want to go with. But okay. 
I, I, Greg, I don't, he didn't go through that. And that was kind of a bummer for me because I felt you pretty to crappy see me for suffer? a day. No, no. I just wanted to not be the only one suffering. Oh, <laughs> well, see, and at the same time, we're going through, like, we went up to Minnesota uh, to visit family for Christmas. And I had the honor of picking up some bug. I swear it was from that really shoddy gas station. Yeah. And I didn't get that. And uh, anyway, so I we were I was sick the whole time, and then it seemed like from then until uh, late for all, a solid month, yeah, we were we had stomach virus going through the house, and we thought you you only hadn't gotten it yet. We thought, well, maybe you were getting the stomach bug. Turns out, or I really think it was the keto flu, which happens for some folks at like four to five days into it. And for me, uh, mine was my third day your third day oh, and it right. was rough i mean i did not feel good that whole day and then i woke up the next day feeling like a champ and i'm like hold on this was definitely on? not and all i had is i had some like intense like i was like oh man all i was seeing was like the red donut light at krispy kreme and that yeah. wonderful yeasty i had none sugary, of sugary man <laughs> man my stomach just no it didn't oh boy i'm Divert, divert. So anyway, I don't want to backslide here live on the mic. No. So, but here's the thing: even through that, three plus weeks in, I haven't seen a huge shift in weight. Now, you know, I remember when you did Adkins years ago. This was like a decade ago. You did Adkins, and you lost so much weight. I couldn't fathom doing that back then because all we had was store grocery, you know, grocery store lunch meat and cheese, and you know, we didn't we didn't even eat the way we God, do now. Those Adkins bars were terrible. And and the, yeah, I couldn't do any of that. I couldn't look at another hard boiled egg. And I really, it's not that I didn't want to support you then, but I didn't get the whole thing, and I wasn't. I wasn't, I didn't want to do it. And so it was a diet. It was when a I diet. Decided, yeah. And, and I when, was crutched up on the Atkins bars and the Atkins that, shakes. Yeah, and as soon as you get sick of that, you're crutching you, on you, those. You fall off the wagon. You do. And you get sick of the more, food. Would you say it's, it, it seems like it's more of, of a, of a lifestyle. Well, and you know, with a, all the a like, huge mental shift, we're not looking for like the, the cheap fixes or the crutches. No, now, we do have some just in case. We bought a couple things from Aldi for you, but I think that's more for road travel because, quite honestly, I haven't seen you do any of that at home. No, and bone broth is yes. liquid gold, and that seems it, when I when when I had that Krispy Kreme and that really intense like carb and sugar cravings. Bone broth, but so, good, rich, salty bone broth. Yep, totally was satiating and took away the whole. And then that's what then that got me to day six. Yeah. And then day seven was easy. And then eight and then nine. And then within the first week, 10 days, you lost seven pounds. I lost 10 pounds. And we've, well, we've and seen we this stay scales. there. So we changed scales in the midst of it because Greg didn't like my old time, you know, dial scale. Analog scope. Whatever. Pretty much because it stopped it. Okay, so it stopped. It made me look like I was 300 pounds all the time. And I'm like, there's no way. Well, it stopped it. Yeah. So, and it it was a discouraging scale. I understand that. But then it got me to where I didn't think I had lost much other than water weight. 
And so I think I have lost. I just haven't lost a ton. But regardless of what the scale says, I feel amazing. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel groggy or lethargic. I don't hit those highs and lows constantly. And I think the hardest thing for me, especially pregnancy through pregnancy through pregnancy, is I would constantly get these stomach issues like I would have a pizza you know a slice of pizza or something uh, we have Friday night pizza nights and I would just be crippled over in pain but I wasn't I didn't feel as though I had issues with grains because I would eat other grains and I'd be fine but what I've noticed the most more than the weight loss is that like my stomach my my seven kid you know baby pouch isn't hanging over my belt like it was before. And that in and of itself is amazing to me. It makes me feel good. And even if I don't lose, you know, 20 pounds, I feel great about and that. you've got more energy. I do. So, I feel and it great. gives you a more positive outlook. And when you're raising and I'm just eating seven healthier. kids in a circus, yeah. you know, every advantage that you can get <laughs> to where you're feeling positive and you're happying things up, that overall helps well and i've seen you it's been a huge shift for you because i haven't felt this good and i can't i couldn't tell you how long months now over the over last summer you did have an issue where you decided to use the table saw as a well i fought the table yeah yeah the nail file just got got my finger yeah and and that in and of itself they put you on an antibiotic because you had an open fracture we saw a huge shift in your your gut your gut biome changed you lost a lot and we had to take steps to recover that. In trying to recover that, we noticed that you were constantly daily waking up with headaches, waking up lethargic, wake, I mean, not grumpy, but you were starving when you woke up. Well, as the sugar though swings. you had been starving. You know, I you would, had been would wake up fasting. feeling nauseous, like I wanted to throw up. Uh, just sick as a dog. Constant Exa- highs and lows. Would wake up feeling exhausted with yeah. a headache. Yeah, headaches daily. And within the first week of keto, not only did that totally go away within the first week, but the medication that the doctor put me on to help regulate my pancreas, cold turkey off that as well. Right, and and it was actually at her. Don't say don't say it like that. Like you just decided to do it. She said. You're going to be fine without it if because it, your sugar levels were fine. You went to the doctor the, the week we started keto, and she said, if you feel okay without it, it was almost like she was giving it to you as like, like I don't know, like an uh, ace bandage? Well, so what happened is, is she, she had me on one, and I swear it wasn't helping, and then she switched us to another one. Yeah. And when, and we went and got that prescription filled. Yep. But I had, we had already, I'd already been fasting that day. Yep. To go to the doctor for, to get the, you know the blood drawn and all yep. that, and I didn't even I, I didn't even take the new stuff. No, and within that and then within the first week, I, just cutting out carbs and sugar, which you were actually feeding yourself more sugar during that flu during in Minnesota when because you caught the, blood the sugar flu, was constantly going up. You and were down. up and down. You were hard get pressed to get it. it to ninety, and. Usually you were 70s and 80s and you were like, what can I do to get this up? And we weren't able to do anything. So it was as though not feeding your body those carbs and sugars actually helped regulate it. Right. Because your body wasn't able to do it on its own. It was... And to be clear, we're like we're like, we're like three weeks in. So well, there's... it's almost four, I think. Is it almost four? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
and somehow with all the road traveling, uh, I mean, geez, I can't even tell you how many. Uh, it's probably been about four. 4,500, 5,000 road miles yeah. since we started this. Yeah. And I still haven't cheated and I've still have stayed on and am eating the same diet. And what's amazing is we're eating two meals a day, not because we're starving ourselves, but by choice. In the Fasting morning, we, the don't morning. Eat, we don't eat breakfast. Yeah. We'll have coffee, a little bit of bone broth. Yeah. We eat a nice lunch. And then uh, dinner, I'm not usually that hungry. You're not starving. It's almost as though your meals... And, oh, this is another great analogy from um, the suggestions that Marty had given me. Um, His name is Dr. Jason Fung, I think. Um, He has a YouTube channel and books he's written. But anyway, he was saying that it's not... It's almost nearly impossible to overeat on things like, like proteins. You're not going to eat it, a 40-ounce steak. No. You know, you see those, you know, eating, you know, competitions and things like that. You're, you can only eat so much salad and you can only eat so much meat and you're done. But you notice when you eat cookies, you could eat the whole bag or the chips. And then some. You eat and the whole bag. Couple, yeah. And you're, you're still like, oh, an hour later, like, well, that whole sweet, salty thing it's like empty calories it is and, then, and, it, and your body doesn't recognize it as it doesn't calculate calories our bodies don't know calories heavy nasty sicky kind of a thing yeah and i just I haven't had that the entire time we've been on keto but all that to say we are not experts and no. it's just the way we feel this could be some i don't could be some fad or some foo-foo thing i don't even know but totally could. all i know is that i have not felt this good and probably probably 10 years and I've got energy, and uh, you know there's there have been times in the last six months where it's six or seven o'clock at night, and I'm I'm whipped. I, and, and I, you were I'm, you were on the couch. I'm almost not a good dad. I'm, I'm not a good husband because I'm tired and I'm exhausted. And the last few weeks have been incredible. Yeah. Does it? Oh my gosh! We don't have. We're not gonna have like a baby announcement here. Oh. Because seriously. Now you're going to start a rumor. Oh, gosh. That's horrible. Why'd you do that? Everybody always thinks when I get fat, I'm pregnant anyway. This would be a really good time for this big announcement. And the big announcement is... We are conmarried. <gasps> Say what? I know. So anyway, I saw this thing on Facebook, and it was talking about this cool show called Tidying Up. And I'm like, what? What is this show? I've got to. Who's going to watch people clean their house? I mean, well, come on. Well, that's some, that's think, some stupid stuff. But you know, people watch those hoarding shows too. I don't, but you know, they're. Look. Why are you pointing at me? <laughs> I mean, do you ever see the ones where they like they like auction off like the uh, the storage container thing and they like dig through it? Storage wars. Man, I could watch that in, like American Pickers. Oh, yeah, you're definitely like the horror story of American Pickers mm. because you don't even have any of the good crap. You have like half good, half broken, half like non-running crap. It's more economically priced that way. Right, exactly. Exactly why you own it. So anyway, I started watching this show and the kids and I were watching it and I'm like, hey, this is a great idea. We're going to do this. And I didn't give them the choice. I said, look, this show has inspired me to declutter the house and organize it and and no it's not perfect and i haven't done the entire house all of our clothing is done all of it 
The kids went through theirs, which we have to do every season change anyway, but we've never folded or done anything like this before. And so it's one thing to just go through your clothes and figure out what you don't want and donate it because we do that a lot. But what we haven't done is we've never practiced this method is, is really what it is of folding and being able to allow the kids to access their clothing easily, see it all because it's not stacked on top of each other. It's amazing. It's really neat um, and tidy, hence the word tidying up. And I feel like it has really changed the way the kids dress, especially the older ones. Now, the little ones, you know, they're going to tear apart their dresser no matter and this what. this might sound completely, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, ridiculous? You, I was going to say, if you say to stupid. <laughs> I mean, because there's like, there's, there, there might be some folks listening that are like, they've got two kids. Um, their house is like 2,400 square feet. Each kid has three and a half rooms to themselves and 18 dressers. <laughs> And, you know, you've got a lot of places to put that. you got a lot of places to hide your stuff. That doesn't mean you don't have clutter. But right now, we have seven kids that are sharing one and a half rooms. Yeah. And there's not a lot of extra space for anything. Every kid so shares a dresser. anything that we can do to organize the chaos and make it more efficient yeah. is incredible. Well, and I think... If, let's come on amen to all the mamas out there that say i do how many loads of laundry i do probably 20 loads of laundry and my kids help but we still do the laundry we still manage the chaos and anything you can do to help well, we, tame the beast well and declutter because one of the one thing that i loved about when you got on this uh what do the kids call it typhoon so the tsunami, the tsunami. They don't call it Kanmari, they call it tsunami. The tsunami method here at yeah. the Burns house is, you know, you end up, you know, I, Susan got me to wake up my underwear drawer. Oh, stop. I did not. It was your books. Oh. Your books and records. See, if. And now your, your shelf looks amazing. You finished a shelf you started three years ago, Greg. Come on. To put all these books on her that I haven't read. You that have an makes amazing, me look smarter. You have an amazing wife, just admit. Uh, so anyway. If you didn't get us on this tsunami kick, though, we wouldn't have got the Conmari. basement studio right. cleaned up. And, been and able if we to didn't do get this. the basement, we wouldn't be sitting here on microphones blabbering on for hours about, tidying about up. keto I know. goats and tidying up. But here's the thing. I think to all the moms and dads out there that deal with this chaos, and I don't care if you have one kid or if you have seven or eight or ten, Stuff, clutter is chaos and it causes anxiety. Yeah, it does. And it doesn't matter, like I said, how many kids you have, your kids inevitably have toys. Our kids have few, but they still seem to manage to like literally spread them throughout the entire tiny house we have. And when you make a choice to have them choose their favorites, have them get rid of the things that are broken or that keep getting shoved underneath the couch or the beds. It allows them to take responsibility for some of those things. And I feel as though, not that they, I mean, they're kids. They they still make the choice to make a mess. But they also have a, a quicker time cleaning up that mess because they don't have more than they can handle. And I think as parents, that allows us to have more time to love on them and you know spend time with them and not constantly yell at them to clean and not up being the upset clutter. about right it's also teaching them like meaningful life skills that you 
take responsibility for what you do have. Yeah. You take care of it, uh, and you treat it in a way. That was one of the one of the weird. I thought was kind of kooky, but now it seems kind of cool. Is the whole like waking up thing that she did? It's a mental exercise that you know you 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 touch the book or that and old Gibrera Cuban cigar shirt yeah. that you've, you've held on to because it was your grandpa's for 20 years. You see if those things bring joy in your life. You know? And then if they don't... If they don't, then you pass it on to somebody else that it might. And you thank you it for it, being there for you, you. But you feel good about moving it out of your life that way. Yeah. And a lot of folks are getting... Uh, kind of going down this 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 road my buddy tom Dahmers and his wife julie over at the small scale live podcast i think he likes i think the, what he calls is uh essentialism not so much they're uh, they're they're really in tune with like minimalism and decluttering but you know their life looks different than ours and ours from the next person as well you cut things back to the life essentials and you you do the best you can with what you have and, and you make that work and we've made this little tiny house work um before we knew it was cool because i don't even think that oh, show yeah. existed tiny, when we moved tiny houses tiny houses i don't even know what kind con- like i think most of those tiny houses they're like they're on wheels which yeah. our house came in on wheels so check uh number two there's like two people living in like 250 300 square two. feet right yeah, yeah. So that's like 100 to 150 square foot a person check so we've got what nine people <laughs> 1200 square feet. No, no, feet. no. This is a thousand. A thousand, right. Yeah. So, check, tiny home. <laughs> I mean, we're cool. Tiny homes for a man. large family. <laughs> <laughs> we were hip before it was cool. But this, this tsunami or uh, Kanmari tidying up thing. Get it right. Tsunami just sounds funner. I know. Jacob thinks it's hilarious to make fun of me. But. I don't. I don't know. There's this magic thing that happens, and some guys that are listening, husbands, can probably relate. I don't know how it happens, but I can intentionally throw my underwear in the middle of the bedroom floor, and within the next day, somehow it's clean and in my drawer. And now, not only is it clean and in my drawer, but it's folded in this nice little cute way where <laughs> more of them fit in my drawer now. <laughs> And it makes my big underwear look smaller. So I'm like, hey, Kilo. <laughs> so, you know, a, a lot of these things, you know, are about doing the best you can with what you've got and not focusing on needing uh, a, a, a new tool or a new article of clothing or a new way to do something when you can start with the most simplest things first. None of this cost us money to do. No. None of the, the KonMari, that, that is not, that didn't cost us anything but time to invest in ourselves again to to reduce chaos. There was no $1,000 trip on a credit card to the container no. store or to buy all these cute Ikea tubs and management or, systems. No, no, nothing. And you know, fortunately for us, we do have that perspective where we don't have to buy into, you know, we didn't have to buy even buy the book. That's crazy, right? And for for me, especially, um, I think it it's really important. I always try to focus on um, progress, not perfection. Right. Because if we're making progress, how could you possibly say that you're not getting somewhere? Um it's that one step in front of the, uh, you know, one foot in front of the other 
take tiny steps and you're you're inevitably going to get there it's not going to be perfect nobody is and nothing is what's that really good quote by uh joel salatin it's like uh perfect is the enemy of good you got more books than i do i don't know there's a lot of books on that shelf i know there's a ton of books I've read most of them. That's crazy. On oh, that one haven't. little tiny shelf. You're a liar. <laughs> Just the one that little tiny shelf. Unless there's a... Uh, you know what? You have read almost all those beekeeping books, I think. The beekeeping books, like Restoration Egg. Oh, yeah. You've definitely read that. stuff. I definitely yeah. have eaten all that up. I the Foxfire books are... Those are, are going to be... Those are Those are going to be fun, yeah. There's everything from... Well, there's all kinds of... There's all kinds, all of, weird, kinds of weird stuff You're a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. And I married you. <laughs> so who's, who's weirder? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I'm definitely a weirdo. <laughs> so that's kind of what's been going on here. There's a, there is so much getting ready to happen. Uh, Guys, I know. Um, so so definitely... Drop us a line. Tell us if you have goats, how you manage them. If you're doing keto or even trying it or even thinking about it, let and us know. if your wife is waking up your underwear door, let us know. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't want to know that. <laughs> <laughs> So we're at the Contrary Farmstead. Um, our farm is Nature's Image Farm. And there's going to be a whole lot of really exciting stuff coming up. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, share with your friends. Help us get this, this word out. Get some momentum with the podcast. Um, help us be a light to somebody else. You know, it, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, whether it's this podcast, if it's a book you read, uh, if it's helping out your neighbor, you do what you can. Be the lighthouse to somebody. Light up their path so they can do the same uh, for the next person that might need it. That's that's you know at some point we're all gonna need a little help. Absolutely. Uh, and and there's nothing wrong with uh, with with admitting that. And that's that's just the way things go. So we're looking forward to giving you an, an, another update here real soon. And uh, it's time we get busy building bee boxes and getting the new orchard prepped. And we got Maybe pigs coming seeds. here real soon. Yeah, making bacon seeds. Yeah. So until next time, be the change, be the lighthouse, and keep it contrary. We'll see you next time. That was disgusting. Did I do that? Tidy up yourself, don't need no... You can't sing songs I don't know. Bob Marley, lightly up yourself? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a long day. It's been a long day.